Scripture reading today is from 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 13. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I'm suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. This is the word of the God. Let's pause for a moment and pray again. Lord, thank you for your word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word endures forever. Won't you please speak to us from your word today? Amen. So I wonder what picture comes to mind for you when you hear the word endurance. What do you think of when you hear endurance? Maybe, maybe you envision a, a marathon runner crossing the finish line, or maybe you think of a backpacker hiking through the mountains. Uh, maybe, maybe what you picture is, um, have you ever seen this? A little seedling pushing its way up through a crack in the sidewalk. What a horrible place to be planted, right? It's not easy to grow there, but that little plant, it's not going to give up. It's going to grow no matter what. These are different pictures of endurance. Endurance can be defined as the ability to withstand hardship or adversity without giving up. The Bible tells us that endurance is an essential quality for anyone who wants to follow Jesus. So what I'd like to do today from this passage is just make three points for us about endurance in the life of a Christian. And my three points, first I want to talk about why it's important, why it's so important to endure with Christ, why it's important, then why it's difficult, and then finally, where the power to endure with Jesus comes from. So let's just, the first point is that endurance as a Christian is so important. Now, this uh, passage that 
uh, Sonny just read for us is part of a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a young church leader named Timothy. And you'll notice that the passage ends with uh, the last three verses are written kind of metrically. That's because this was a poem, verse 11 through 13. And some scholars think that, that those verses may have been an, an early Christian worship song. Wouldn't be interesting if someone were to write those verses to music and make this a song again for us. But the poem says this, verse 11 through 13, it says, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Now, if you break that poem down, you'll notice that it has four stanzas, right? And each stanza begins with the word, if. The first two stanzas contain promises. The second two stanzas contain warnings. So let's look first at the promises. First it says, if we died with Christ, we will also live with him. That's a promise, right? If you... Uh, if you visit a cemetery and you walk through that cemetery, you see hundreds of graves. All of the people buried in those graves are dead. But those people buried in that cemetery who died trusting in Christ, they held on to their faith to the very end. Here's the promise. They will be raised. When Christ comes back, they will be resurrected. They will live forever. That's a promise the Bible makes very clearly. If we die with him, we'll live with him. But the second promise says if we endure, we will also reign with him. The, the Christian life is not easy. You've discovered that, right? It's not, it's not easy. We face doubts and discouragement and temptation and opposition. But, but this is saying that if, if we endure, if we just hold on, we don't give up, this is so mysterious. Someday it's saying we will rule with Jesus. In, in some sense, we will govern the new creation with our Savior. The Bible says that again and again. Jesus, in Revelation chapter 2, he said this. He said, to the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority just as I received authority from my Father. In Revelation 3, he said, To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my Father on his throne. Don't you wish you, you knew exactly what that meant? But this is saying, in some sense, if we just hold on, we endure with Jesus, we won't just survive, we won't just be alive, we will reign with our Savior through all eternity. So the first two stanzas, you see, they contain promises. The second two stanzas contain warnings. The, the first warning says, if we disown Jesus, he will disown us. I wonder if, if you've ever known anyone uh, who at a certain point in their life professed to be a Christian. Maybe they'd been baptized, maybe they went to church, but then something happened and, and uh, they denied their faith. Maybe they denied their faith with their words. Maybe, maybe they just, they still call themselves a Christian, but they've denied their faith with their actions. Did you know you can do that? T Titus 1 verse 16 says that you can claim to know God, but with your actions you can deny him. So I wonder if you've ever known anyone who at one time was just, you know, actively following Christ and then some, something happened and that's not the case anymore. 
If you know someone like that, please pray for them, that God will bring them back. But this verse is saying that if, if, they never, if they never do return to the Lord, they never repent and come back to Him, it's saying that on Judgment Day, Jesus will disown them. Isn't that heartbreaking? In, in the words of Matthew 7, 23, He'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Depart. Depart. That's What a warning. The second, the second warning is basically the same idea. It says if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Now, I used to think that what this verse was saying that is that if we're, if we're unfaithful to Jesus, maybe we mess up and we fall into some sin, he, he'll still be faithful to us. He, he, he's written his name on our life. He's not going to kick us out of God's family if we stumble and fall. Listen, those things are true, absolutely true, but I don't think that's what this verse is saying. This verse is not talking about being un, unfaithful. It's talking about being faithless, and, and, and that word that's translated faithless, it means not believing. So again, here's a warning. It's saying if, if, you, if you stop believing in Christ, you stop trusting in Him, He's going to be faithful to Himself, all right? He, he's, he, he will, he's not going to compromise His character. He's not going to go back on His Word. He's not going to make an exception in your case and, and let you into his, his kingdom, even though you don't believe anymore. He won't deny Himself. Maybe you've known people who just, you know, they, they let others walk all over them. They have no self-respect. They basically disown themselves. You're, you're faithless to them. They don't care. Jesus is not like that. He's, he's not like that. One commentator writing on this verse said, the, the meaning of this verse must be that if we are unbelieving, Christ will remain true to his word, and we cannot hope to be saved. He cannot deny himself, implying that would, it would be a denial of his very nature to save those who do not believe. So you, you see this song, two promises, two warnings. And, and you can understand why enduring with Christ is so important. Two promises, two warnings. Basically saying that, listen guys, we have everything to gain if we don't give up on Jesus, and we have everything to lose if we do. Hebrews 10 verse 36, 1036 says this, written to Christians, it says, you, need, you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Jesus, Jesus said in Matthew 24, he said, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So that's why enduring with Christ is important. So we say, oh, okay, if it's important, easy. I'll just endure with Christ. No, it's not that easy, right? So secondly, let me, let me just point out what Paul says here about why it's so difficult to endure. If you look at verses 3 through 6, you'll see that the apostle, he, he basically describes three different professions, three different kinds of, of jobs, and he does this to highlight three different reasons why enduring with Christ is not easy. So he, he says one, one thing that makes enduring hard is all the distractions. A, di a distraction. What's a distraction? A, a distraction is something that may not necessarily be bad. 
In fact, it might even be good, but, but it distracts you. It becomes so important in, in, in your life that it gradually pulls you away from, from Jesus. Let me, let me ask you, have you ever known anybody that, that maybe that's happened to them? They've gradually drifted from, from Christ, not because of some evil in their life, but they just got distracted by good things, their career, their family, their sports, their hobbies. Like in verse 3 through 4, with this metaphor, I think what Paul's basically saying to Timothy, he's saying, Timothy, don't be distracted. Here's the way he says it. He says, join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Some of you maybe have served in, in the military or you have family or friends that have served in the military. And, and so you know this. Listen, good soldiers stay focused. Good soldiers stay focused on their, their mission. They, they remember what is important, fighting the battle, winning the war, following their commands, right? They don't get distracted. And, and, and basically Paul's saying to Timothy, make sure you don't get distracted. Don't let this pull you away from Christ. So one thing that makes um, following Christ hard to the end are the distractions. The second thing are the temptations. And so you look at verse 5. Here's a different profession, not soldiers. Now he talks about athletes. We, we all know um, that sometimes when the stakes are high and the competition is, is very intense, we know that sometimes athletes are tempted, right, to do what? To cheat. There's all kinds of ways to cheat. Like in, in baseball, put a little, a little cork in the bat, put a little spit on the ball, put some steroids into your body. You, you, you can cheat. Sometimes a athletes deal with these temptations, right? And so in verse 5, basically what Paul's saying is saying, Timothy, not, not only do I want you to watch out for distractions, watch out for temptations. He says, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown in, except by competing according to the rules. He's saying, Timothy, you've got to follow the rules. Temp the, the temptations to, to, to cheat can rob you of the victor's crown. I wonder how many people in the Bible you can think of who lost out on something precious because of temptations. In, in the Old Testament, Esau. Remember Esau? Esau forfeited his birthright because he couldn't control his appetite. And Moses, Moses missed out on the promised land because he couldn't control his anger. Achan, Achan was cut off from the Lord's inheritance because he couldn't control his greed. King David, King David condemned his family to generations of violence because he, he couldn't control his, his lust. See, temptations can rob you of the victor's crown. The Apostle Paul was aware of this in his own life, of, of, of just being very careful to fight against temptations. In 1 Corinthians 9, Paul said this. He said, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. He said, no, I strike a blow to my own body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So, you see, he's just describing why this is not easy to endure with Christ. Uh, on the one hand, we have distractions, right? So be a soldier. You know, resist them. On, on the other hand, we have temptations, so like, like athletes face. And the next thing he talks about that makes enduring hard is just the, lo the long, long delay. The long wait between believing what God has promised and receiving what God has promised. 
And to describe that in verse 6, he talks about farmers. He says the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. I don't know if any of you have ever worked on a farm. Maybe you have farmers in, among your relatives. Listen, farmers work hard. They work so hard. They till the soil. They plant the weeds. They, they irrigate the fields. They, 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 they plant the seeds. They, they just work hard. And then after all that work, they have to wait. They wait, and they wait, and they wait a long time for the harvest to come. How many of you would agree that it's not easy to wait, is it? And I know there are some in this church, you have been waiting for years for God to answer your prayers, for God to end your pain, for God to heal your sorrow. Maybe you've been waiting for God to vindicate wrongs that were committed against you. It's not easy to wait, is it? And so all these are reasons why enduring with Christ, this is not an easy assignment. This is hard. We deal with distractions constantly. We face temptations that are sometimes just so difficult to resist. And then there's this long wait between believing what God has promised and receiving what God has promised. So enduring with, with Christ, it's important and it's hard. So the final point, where do we get the power to do this? It's vital for every one of us that we don't give up on Christ. Where do we get the power for this? Well, one of the, one of the themes of the book of 2 Timothy is the importance of Scripture. Chapter 3, verse 16, Paul says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Chapter 4, verse 2, he says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, preach the Word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Chapter 2, verse 15, he says, Timothy, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who correctly handles the Word of truth. So one of the themes throughout 2 Timothy is the importance of Scripture. So we might expect Paul to say here, Timothy, if you want to endure with Christ, make sure you read the Bible a lot. We might expect him to say that. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Another theme in, in 2 Timothy is the importance of church, the importance of being connected with a Christian community. So if you read 2 Timothy throughout this book, the apostle mentions by name, he mentions by name individuals in the church who had been very helpful to him or helpful to others. He, he, he mentions... He mentions Lois and Eunice and the household of uh, Anisiphorus. He mentions Crescens and Titus and Luke and Mark. He mentions Tychicus and Priscilla and Aquila and Erastus and Trophimus. He mentions Eubulus and Pudens and Linus and Claudia. And we say, who are these people? I don't know. But Paul knew them. Isn't that something? He knew these people personally. So the Apostle Paul was very, very involved in the life of the church. And we might expect Paul to say, Timothy, if you want to endure... Make sure you go to church. We might expect him to say that. But he, he doesn't. Isn't that weird? 
In, in this passage, the apostle, he, he never says that the power to endure comes from Bible reading or church attendance or prayer meetings or worship music. He never says that it comes from taking communion or fasting or, or joining a small group or reading theology books. Listen, all of those things are really, really good. But in this passage, he never says that the power to endure is found in any of them. So what does he say? Where does the power to, to hold on and not quit and endure with Christ, where does it come from? In this passage, did you notice? He says it comes from God's grace. From God's grace. Verse, verse 1, he says, you then, my son, be strong. So I want you to be strong. He says, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. Grace is blessing that you did not earn. Grace is, grace is unlimited kindness that is just poured out on you for free. It doesn't cost you anything. You could put it this way. Grace, grace is love. You don't deserve. And did you know, I hope you do, that through Jesus Christ, what he did for us on the cross, as we trust in him, what does God give us? Grace. Grace. Love without limit that we don't endure. So he says to Timothy, Timothy, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, the, uh, the tense of the Greek verb that's translated be strong here. The, the, the verbal tense here is one that indicates ongoing, continuous action. It's not like a one-off event. This is an ongoing process. So I think you could translate this verse. Timothy, keep on continually being strengthened in the grace that is in Christ. Just live your life this way. Keep on drawing resources from the, from the grace of Jesus. So, so what is Paul saying to Timothy? How, where does this power to endure come from? I think he's saying this. He's saying, Timothy, stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. Yes, Bible reading is important. Yes, church attendance is important. Yes, prayer is important. But you know what? Listen, gang, these, these outward disciplines... They're only helpful to us insofar as they do what? As they keep us close to Jesus. Are you staying close to Jesus? John, some of you know this verse. John 15, verse 5. What did he say? Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you abide in me, if you just stay connected to me, he says, if you abide in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. You don't even have to worry about it. He says, but apart from me, you can do nothing. So Paul says to his spiritual son, Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. One, one commentator writing about that verse, he said this, the strength by which Timothy was to fight the good fight was not his own strength. How many of you know that you're not going to win the battle in your own strength? He said that the strength by which Timothy was to fight the good fight was not his own strength, but that which would come to him from the grace and love of Jesus. So, so the apostle says in verse 8, remember Jesus. Remember Jesus Christ. He says, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. He says, Timothy, remember Jesus 
You know, it's amazing when you, when, you, when you do that, when you remember Jesus and you just remember how much he loves you. Isn't it amazing how the distractions don't seem so distracting any, anymore? Like, what's ever going to replace the love of Christ? And, and the temptations, they kind of lose some of their, their allure, right? Because what, what could this temptation ever give me, give me that I haven't already found in the love of Christ? When you, remember, when you remember Jesus, you remember that, listen, he conquered the grave and he's coming back again. When you remember that, the long delay, it just doesn't feel that long anymore, right? When you, when you remember that, um, you remember that the one waiting for you at the finish line is the same one who gave himself on the cross for you, you know what you do? You keep running the race, don't you? Or, or, or when you remember that the, the one who called you into the battlefield is the one who has already defeated your enemy. What do you do? You keep swinging the sword. You keep fighting, don't you? Or, or when you remember, you remember that the one who sent you to go work in his vineyard, he is the one who has guaranteed a harvest. If you just don't give up, what do you do? Well, you keep tilling the soil, you keep sowing the seeds, you keep watching the clouds, and you just keep waiting, waiting, knowing. Do you know this? You keep waiting, knowing that He will keep His word. Amen? He will. So, church, listen. Be strong. Be strong. Weaklings won't make it through this world, right? Be strong in the grace, this unlimited love that comes to you through Jesus. Remember Jesus. If we endure with him, we'll reign with him. Amen? Would you pray with me? As we bow to pray, I, want to, I just want to pray specifically, and, and I don't want to, I have no idea who I'm praying for, but I want to pray, Father, today for anyone, anyone here today or anyone watching online who has the, is maybe at the point where they're starting to feel like they want to give up or they're starting to drift. Maybe they don't even know it yet. Or it just feels like they're waiting so long for you, God. We need the strength that comes from your grace, Father. We need that. So I just ask for it in the name of Jesus. I pray for, for all of us. Would you, through the grace of Christ, pour your strength into our hearts? Some here are very discouraged. God, would you just encourage them? Some are very weary. Would you lift that weariness? Some feel the burden of shame because they've sinned. Lift that, lift that shame. God, lift it. Give us, give us strength to run the race all the way to the end where Jesus waits for us. In his name, amen.